0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Thanks for tuning in for this Monday edition. Another big day here in Washington, D.C. as the Supreme Court issued a 6-3 to decision in the prayer case of Coach Joe Kennedy. Coach Kennedy and one of his first Liberty lawyers, Mike Berry, will join us a little bit later. In just a moment, I'll get a live update from the Supreme Court where Washington Watch reporter Marjorie Jackson is standing by. She was there when the case was handed handed down earlier today. But first, the left's lawlessness was again on display this weekend as at least three pro-life facilities were vandalized, with one being set on fire. Abortion activists also damaged two churches. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham was on Fox News Sunday and commented on the violence.
1: You know, when Roe came out, we didn't burn down the Capitol as conservatives. We didn't go to liberal justices' homes and try to intimidate them. The, the, the radical left are constitutional anarchists. You no, know, what we did is we went to
0: work electing pro-life officials and eventually seeing the infamous Roe v. Wade overturned. You know, it's fascinating how the left has turned on the court that used to produce their policy outcomes for them with their extra-constitutional decisions.
2: This court has lost legitimacy. They have burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had after their gun decision, after their voting decision, after their union decision. They just took the last of it and set a torch to it with the Roe versus Wade opinion. I believe we need to get some confidence back in our court, and that means we need more justices on the United States Supreme Court.
0: That was uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth uh, on the Warpath Warren saying she needs she needs to uh, see the court packed to have confidence in it again. We'll dive deeper into the court's decision in the Dobbs case and the religious freedom case of Coach uh, Joe Kennedy with constitutional attorney King Klukowski, a former Trump administration attorney. You know, I tell you what. The, the headline I saw that best summarizes what the court did in the Dobbs case was this quote: "The court giveth and the court taketh away." End quote. The right to an abortion, as Justice Alito pointed out in the majority opinion, was a total creation of the court. It was not rooted in history or tradition, and certainly it was not in the Constitution. You see, I don't think the left envisioned a day when they would have to work for their policy outcomes. They had grown so accustomed to letting the court do all their heavy lifting. And so, as a result, they're angry.
3: This is not just a crisis of Roe. This mm-hmm. is a crisis of our democracy. The Supreme Court has dramatically overreached its authority.
0: That was uh, New York Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez on Meet the Press yesterday, an authority on the matter. The Biden administration is scrambling to respond to the court's body blow to the left. The Biden administration has announced they will be protecting the right of women to travel across state lines to get an abortion. Now, trust me when I say this issue will soon be before the courts as well. States are already moving to protect their borders. And the administration is also saying they will be protecting the mail-order abortion pill supply line. We'll talk with Illinois Congressman Mary Miller a little bit later on the program. Okay, it's primary election season. I've been reminding you of that. Tomorrow, five states will hold their statewide primaries. That's Colorado, Illinois, New York, Oklahoma, and Utah. And two states will be holding primary runoffs. That's Mississippi and South Carolina. So if you live in any of those states, make sure you are prepared. If you haven't already voted, make sure you get ready to vote tomorrow. And if you need to know where the candidates stand on the critical issues, you can go to frcaction.org and click on Voter Resources. All right? That's there for you. We do that for you. That's frcaction.org, Voter Resources. Okay, mark your calendars. This year's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit will be held September the 14th through the 16th at First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. I'll have more details for you later this week, but go ahead and make plans now to attend this year's summit. Pray, Vote, Stand for Life, September the 14th through the 16th, Atlanta, Georgia. And while you have your calendar out, write this one down too. This coming Sunday night, July the 3rd, I'll join ADF's Mike Ferris and Cornerstone Chapel senior pastor Gary Hamrick for a live-streamed event, Celebrating Dobbs, Celebrating Life, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. More details to come later in the week. The word for today comes from our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, and it's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 through 25. This is David writing what is also found in the Psalms. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared among all gods. Check out our Bible reading plan. Go to frc.org slash Bible. Now, I'm not sure how far we would have to go back in U.S. history to find a term of the Supreme Court that has been more favorable to the Constitution than one we are witnessing today. But I'm confident of this. It predates me. Uh, Before I bring in um, former White House lawyer Ken Klukowski, we'll get a live report from Marjorie Jackson, who is at the Supreme Court. Uh, Marjorie, uh, welcome to uh, Washington Watch.
4: Thanks for having me Tony.
0: So Marjorie, you were also at the court uh, this past Friday when Dobbs when that decision was handed down. How does the atmosphere compare now right there on the uh, at the uh, Supreme Court as it did the last Friday?
4: Well, Tony, I've spent a lot of time at the court lately, and it was a huge honor to get to be there on Friday when the Dobbs decision broke at 10, 10 a.m. I mean, it was a moment I'll never forget. There were pro-lifers surging forward, cheering, cheering shouting, some in tears, someone turned on music, there was a dance party, there was a bubble machine. It was so celebratory, Uh, just a very happy moment where people were celebrating the biggest victory for life in 50 years. I mean, it was a wonderful moment just to be able to witness that. And today's atmosphere is very different. I mean, the pro-abortion protesters did show up on Friday, uh, a little bit after uh, the pro-lifers were celebrating, but today is actually one of the thinnest crowds we've seen in a while at the court. Uh, In fact, the pro-abortion crowd that is here uh, chanting, is actually complaining about what a small turnout there is. So I know there have been rumors about uh, violence in DC and and perhaps heightening tension after the Dobbs decision. Um, and while there is a huge capital police presence here and the fence is still up, thankfully we are looking at a calmer crowd today.
0: So, Marjorie, so, earlier today, the uh, case of Coach Kennedy, that opinion was handed down. Uh, was there much of a crowd there for that uh, decision?
4: Well, Tony, believe it or not, while that is a massive win for religious liberty, it seems that people's minds are completely on dobs right now as Friday's decision uh, truly energized the city, uh, whether people are excited for this win for life or like they are behind me right now. I'm not sure if the mic's picking it up, but they're shouting into a megaphone in opposition of the court's ruling. So it seems to be that people are still very fixated on what happened on Friday.
0: All right, Marjorie Jackson, thanks so much for uh, covering what's happening there at the Supreme Court. Appreciate you joining us today.
4: Thanks, Tony. All
0: right, well, joining me now in studio to dive deeper into the recent court rulings is Ken Kulkowski, a former senior counsel in the Civil Division of the U.S. Department of Justice and a former special counsel in the White House's Office of Management and Budget. He has also litigated constitutional cases in the Supreme Court. Uh, Ken, glad to have you with us. Thanks, Tony. It's always great to be with you. Okay. Uh, in, in just a moment, we're going to be joined. Uh, I'm going to talk to uh, to Coach Kennedy. So I, re- I really want to jump into the Dobbs case, and, and we're going to be able to unpack some of these um, uh, cases. House, I made a comment earlier about this term of the court being one of the most favorable to the Constitution Probably in my lifetime. Can, can you can you take us back to a time when we saw a a term of the court more favorable to the Constitution?
5: Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. The only things I can think of, even on this level, uh, you'd have to go back to 1935. Uh, I think I, I can't think certainly of any predates year. me. I, I can't <laughs> think of any year since then, even 1936, where we were still holding strong on some issues. Uh, uh, other issues started to go by the wayside as FDR was shaping the Supreme Court to the left. And then 1937 becomes what liberal historians call the switch in time that saved nine, where two justices who had been voting conservative got worried about FDR's court-packing plan and switched to liberal votes to try and... exactly. Of course, they turned out it shows judges tend to be lousy politicians and vice versa because the American people were rejecting it. And so that plan wasn't going anywhere, but we've been stuck now uh, with uh, with the decisions that they started in that year. But I think you have to go back at least that far to find the kind of victories we've had in the series of
0: the past week. Let's just let's focus on Dobbs here for a moment. Then, So what, in your opinion, as a constitutional attorney, having read through this opinion, what is the most significant aspect of Dobbs? It's it's it was an issue of who gets to decide these
5: things. It was, in a way, fundamentally, it was separation of powers. It was that we, our form of government, is a constitutional democratic republic. That means the people decide things for themselves. We're a self-governing people. And that the court was saying that only the American people can put something in the U.S. Constitution. And when the American people do it, it's our job to correctly interpret it and correctly apply it. When the American people do not put something in the Constitution— It is our job as unelected and unaccountable judges to step aside and let the voters speak through their elected lawmakers.
0: Uh, One of the passages, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it ought to be resolved, like most important questions in our democracy by the citizens trying to persuade one another and by voting that's what the constitution the rule of law demands that's exactly right
5: and that was justice alito there and then also quoting a dissenting opinion from long ago from the late justice scalia and that that's how long this issue has been going on so we have had a half century of judicial usurpation and shutting down democracy on this issue the court took the principled stand of saying this is left to the people it is not our job
0: I know that the court, in the majority opinion, stated that this is a dealing with abortion. But when you go to the underlying judicial philosophy, really, of a facade of rights created out of thin air, this is returning the court to being tethered to the Constitution, is it not? It is, and that was a huge part of
5: Justice Alito's decision, where he said that, for, he said the way we have always we have interpreted the Constitution for almost a century now, he said if something is in the text of the Constitution, like if the word abortion showed up in the Constitution, that would be one thing. He said the framework we've developed over roughly a century is that if it's not found in the text of the Constitution, as we look to the structure of the Constitution in history— the question becomes, is the purported right, the claimed right, is it both deeply rooted in the history and traditions of the American people, meaning did the framers of the Constitution recognize it in the 1700s, and has it been universally seen as, as a right, like the right to be able to right. have children or the right to be able to marry? Uh, And is it also implicit in the concept of ordered liberty that 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 you're not really in a free society if you don't have the right to do this? And he says that history and ordered liberty concepts, those are the only criteria. And you have to check both boxes to, to say that anything can possibly be a constitutional right if you don't find the word in the Constitution itself. And it's not there. Correct. It's not there.
0: So what else has the court created? And we're going to go to a break, so we're going to finish this a little bit later. But just be thinking about this. What else has the court created? I mean, they haven't used that framework that Alito laid out there. I mean, we've got these things found in the shadows of the Constitution. Usually in the shadows are spiders and boogeymen. But anyway, uh, we've got go to a, we gotta go to a break. And then uh, stick around, Ken, because uh, we're going to talk more in uh, the D-Block. So, folks, uh, don't go away, because Ken's going to stay here with me. We're going to talk more about these uh, cases handed down by by the Supreme Court. But next, we're going to be joined by Coach Kennedy and uh, Mike Berry. Huge win today. We're going to talk with them next, so don't go away.
1: Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible.
3: Learn more at FRC.org forward slash life.
0: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us on this Monday. All right. As conservatives across the nation continue to thank the Lord for Friday's court decision overturning Roe and Casey and now putting the nation back on a path toward life, life, well, the U.S. Supreme Court today handed down another major decision. In a 6-3 ruling, the court upheld the right of former high school football coach Joe Kennedy to take a knee in quiet prayer after football games, even if he can be seen by students in the general public. In other words, Christians cannot be forced to check their faith at the door of public service. Here to break down this major decision and its impact and uh, how it will affect all of us is uh, Coach Kennedy's attorney, one of his attorneys, Mike Berry of First Liberty Institute, and Coach Kennedy himself. Coach, Mike, welcome uh, back to the program. Good to have you.
6: It's great to see you again, buddy. Thanks for having us.
0: Congratulations uh, to to both of you. And as, as I was saying before we came on the air, we ought to play the Marine Corps hymn Three Marines here. Um, and of course, Semper Fi, always faithful. Correct. So, Coach, I want to get your reaction to today's decision.
6: Well, as you know, we have fought a long time. I think you were the very first guy that gave me words of wisdom when this first kicked off. And I needed to hear those and that support. So, I am just so thankful to God and to everybody who has been supporting me. It seems like most of America has supported me. And I feel like we finally won. It's a big sigh of relief.
0: Well, it is. And you've had a a great team of uh, legal advisors and attorneys around you. And uh, I I can't think of a better one than Mike Berry. Mike, he's all right. Let's go through this a little bit. What does what did the court decide today? And why is it so significant?
7: Well, first and foremost, the court made it clear that no American is going to lose their First Amendment rights just because they happen to be employed by the school district or any other government agency. We don't shed our constitutional rights when we enter the schoolhouse gates, as the Supreme Court has famously said. That is going to have a huge impact on millions of Americans across the country, right? Whether they're a football coach, whether they are a math teacher, an assistant principal, a superintendent, whatever the case might be, you don't lose your constitutional rights just because you work for the school district. And that doesn't just stop at school districts now, right? If you read the court's decision carefully, uh, you can see this can apply to all other forms of government employment. As Americans, we enjoy these freedoms protected by our constitution, regardless of whether we are public citizens, private citizens, Right, whether we're on the 50 yard line of the football field or in the school cafeteria. And it's, we're just so grateful for the decision. I'm glad that it was 6 3. And uh, we, and one other thing that it did, Tony, was it overturned this case called Lemon versus Kurtzman, right? With we attorneys know as the Lemon case or the Lemon test, mm-hmm. which has really haunted the First Amendment for decades. That case is now gone. It's dead and gone. No more Lemon case. And you know, and we're grateful to be able to 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 be the ones to deliver that victory for Coach Kennedy and for America.
0: Yeah, that that Lilliman test has, has has really squeezed out religious freedom in America, and I want to come back to that in a moment. Uh, but Coach, I want to ask: you, Have you heard from any of your? I know this has been what seven years uh, to 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 see this culmination of this outcome.
6: Have Have you heard from any of your players? Oh, very much so. We talk. Uh, seems like on a weekly basis, uh, we're catching up with each other. I, at Christmas, I went and got to perform a wedding ceremony for one of my football players who was marrying one of our cheerleaders. So I've been part of their lives. I've heard from them all day today, and I I got to apologize to them because I haven't been able to respond yet. But yeah, these guys, we were tight. We we love each other, and those the Bremerton Knights. That's an awesome group.
0: It's so exciting when when it turns out this way. But we've seen this trend. Mike, of over the last couple of years where the court in my layman's view of this shifting away from the establish focus on the establishment clause of the First Amendment to more protecting the free exercise, which I think is what we have here today. And that has basically booted the lemon test.
7: Yeah, that's exactly right. One of the things that the court's opinion pointed out is that uh, there's no reason. For the free exercise clause, which protects our rights to live out our faith openly as Americans, and the Establishment Clause, which prevents the government from formally establishing a, a national religion, there's no reason for those two things to be in tension, right? And so, but for decades, all right, the far left has used the establishment clause as a weapon and it's used it as, as a tool to prevent people like like Coach Kennedy from being able to take a knee at midfield for 15 to 30 seconds. So there are a few things as American, as a Marine, right, giving thanks at midfield after a football game. But the one thing that might be more American than that is a Supreme Court that upholds the rule of law, that upholds the Constitution and restores religious freedom for our country and says this lemon case, this lemon test, it's gone. Right. As as one of our attorneys on the case, Paul Clement, said, right, we have now driven a I think he said a a a straw or a a, you know, a shiv through the middle of this lemon and it's dead and buried.
0: Uh, this is I mean, I, I don't want people to miss the significance of this, because this has been a long time in coming. The ability to live out your faith in the public square no longer. And I and I think this is a good case. From a standpoint of establishing precedent, because we're we're going to see more attacks on religious freedom as we see the conflicts brewing in our society, but the court today has said you cannot be forced to leave your faith at the door no matter what your role in the public uh, is. I think that's a major, major victory for religious freedom.
7: Absolutely, again, one that future law students for decades, for generations, are going to study in law school so we're proud of coach we're proud to stand side by side with him we know that no marine fights alone you know that tony and so first liberty institute is just honored to be the ones to stand alongside him as we go as we went through this battle uh, and this battle is now over
0: a great day and uh, and i echo all that coach thank you uh marine for taking a stand and uh Mike, thanks for standing with him, and this is a great day for all Americans who cherish the First Amendment and our ability to live out our faith in a way to affect the world around us. Great to see Very you Very well
6: said. That was awesome. Thanks, Amen.
0: buddy. Semper Simplify. Semper Fi. It is bi- it's big. Uh, you know, as, as Barney Fife would say, this is bigger than the gold truck. I mean, this gives us the ability, under the court's decision, adhering to the Constitution, our freedom to live out our faith. And I hope other Americans will take this and run with it. All right, don't go away. On the other side of the break, Illinois Congresswoman Mary Miller joins us for a conversation of what's happening back in her state. Don't go away.
3: Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully-funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
8: What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood.
0: This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host, and the website tonyperkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, so be sure and check it out. Um, we're going to talk more about both the Dobbs case and the Coach Kennedy case with King Kulkowski in the next segment. This is—it really is big. Uh, this is quite significant in what we're witnessing, and um, and we're going to talk also about how we got here, uh, your participation in elections despite the criticism that many of us faced, but. There has been uh, a lot of activity at the state level following Friday's announcement uh, by the court on the Dobbs case overturning Roe and Casey. At least nine states had trigger laws that took effect immediately after the Dobbs decision uh, was handed down on Friday. In fact, just moments ago, a judge in Louisiana has temporarily blocked uh, Louisiana's trigger law. Uh, Other states will uh, see their trigger laws take place within the next 30 days. Meanwhile, Blue states across the country have been moving to expand abortion access. Today I'll be signing one of what I look forward, uh, as was stated by Shannon, uh, over a dozen pieces of legislation that should make my desk in a matter of weeks uh, that will codify our values and will advance our values. What are those values? Well, that's abortion. That was California Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday promoting abortion on demand. And in D.C., Democrats on Capitol Hill are demanding action.
3: There must be consequences for such a deeply destabilizing action and hostile takeover of our democratic institutions. To allow that to stand is to allow it to happen.
0: Yeah, that was Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Clearly, the battle for life remains fierce, even after Friday's major victory. Here to talk about this is Congresswoman Mary Miller, a member of the House Education and Labor Committee, the House Freedom Caucus, and the Republican Study Committee. She represents the 15th Congressional District of Illinois, and she's back in her district today, and she joins us by phone. Mary, welcome back to the program.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Let me first uh, get your take on the response we're seeing from the left regarding Friday's Supreme Court ruling.
2: It's just – I'm shocked when I'm out in D.C. at the rhetoric from these elected officials. And in light of Elizabeth Warren and AOC, it, it sounds like that they're um, calling for an insurrection. I mean um, – and even Chuck Schumer's language is um, wholly unacceptable. And it's interesting how they have to – you know, definitely two sets of standards – depending which side of the political aisle you're on. But I just think that the battle between good and evil will never end till the Lord returns and that we should take heart and, and have courage. And this unbelievable victory for religious liberty today with Coach Kennedy has, at least for myself, I, f- I found it so inspiring and, and, and made me feel uh, willing to put myself out there and to be courageous in the fight.
0: You know, uh, Congressman Miller, I think it's a, a very important point. In fact, in our devotional reading tomorrow in uh, Chronicles, First Chronicles, you know, David, throughout the history of his uh, administration, there was one battle after the other, and you almost get weary of reading of all of the, the battling, the fighting that went on. But of course, the, the Old Testament speaks to the to the physical, where the New Testament to the spiritual. And Paul tells us that You know, we're in a war, we're in a battle, and we've got to stand uh, in that battle. And you're absolutely right. This thing is going to continue to go on. We've got to continue to stand for life. There will be next steps. We already see Joe Biden talking about how he's going to protect the right of abortion, trying to make sure women can get abortion pills through the mail without having to have any kind of contact with a physician. A dangerous, by the way. Um, What do you see coming next from conservative pro-life lawmakers?
2: Well, um, as for myself, is I had a bill uh, recently, and it's called Protecting Life on College Campuses Act, because now the pro-abortion uh, Planned Parenthood groups—they're big. This is all about money, by the way, money, and and there's the spiritual attack on life, but um, their big money maker is um, chemical abortion, and and so my bill is going to um, cut off federal funds from any college or university that either directly or indirectly uh, provides chemical abortion pills.
0: Now, the media, you're talking about a double standard. The media has a double standard, too. I mean, they don't talk anything yeah. about the violence that the left is engaged in. I mean, they surrounded the, the Vermont legislature. They did it in Arizona over the weekend over this issue. Um, I mean, you, you've you had some personal experience with how the media likes to twist things.
2: <laughs> Definitely. And I actually, when I was praying about running, I, it came to mind that Jesus made himself of no reputation. And I thought to myself, if the perfect, sinless son of God could leave heaven, leave the glories of heaven and enter earth and, and allow himself to be mocked and basically tortured, um, you know. That us sinful humans, including myself, can um, endure that. So I had already decided that this was going to happen, and I haven't been upset about it. I do find it disgusting, even this past weekend. I mean, it was very clear that I stumbled on a word. But my opponent has been running a smear campaign on me. He doesn't want to um, give account for his, his record in Congress. Um, You know, he's been a chief architect of red flag gun confiscation, pushing amnesty, voted for the January 6th commission, voted to fund Planned Parenthood. This is a very conservative district. And by me running, they're finding out really who their elected official is and how Mm -hmm. he's been voting. And they don't appreciate it. I really expect a big win tomorrow.
0: Mary Miller, always great to talk with you. We're up against a break and uh, we'll see you back here in D.C. real soon.
2: Thank you. I appreciate your work
8: so much. All right, folks, stick with us. We're back with more after this. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at standcourageous.com.
4: With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAN to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAN to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text S-T-A-N-D to 67742. That's STAND to 67742.
3: Are you a university student? Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
0: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. And by the way, uh, the Family Research Council in Washington Watch does not uh, endorse or support candidates uh, from this program. We just bring you news. All right, it has been a great last few days for Constitution-loving Americans, first with uh, Friday's ruling on Dobbs and today's ruling on the case of Coach Kennedy and also throw in uh, last week's case on the Second Amendment. But there's more to it than just a few cases here and there. The latest rulings offer hope for future rulings from a court that is returning to the text of the Constitution. Why is that important? The Constitution is the agreement by which you and I agree to be governed. That's why we protect it. This is what our rulers, it's the playbook, it's the rules, it's the boundaries. It's saying, all right, we agree to this government, but the Constitution, that's the rules, and you have to live by those. And what's happened in the last 50, 60 years is you've had the court trying to accommodate the left And they've found back in the recesses of the Constitution, the shadows of the Constitution, things that are not written, things that weren't even envisioned back in those days, and they've brought them forward and they've built rights upon them. Well, what we saw in the Dobbs case is that this facade of rights built upon a faulty and false foundation was dismantled. Back in studio with me to continue our discussion is Ken Klukowski, former senior counsel, in the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice and a former special counsel in the White House Office of Budget and Management. All right, Ken, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's great to be here. Okay, uh, so we were we were talking. We didn't touch on the Coach Kennedy case because I wanted to uh, talk with Mike Berry and Coach Kennedy, but now we've talked to them. All right, we had Dobbs on Friday, which reverses 50 years of incorrect uh, view of the court imposing abortion on the nation, and then today we have a case of sig- similar significance?
5: Absolutely. And in fact, the time frame. I mean, Roe was decided in 1973. And so, you know, a half century that, that we have now fixed there. It, two years prior to that, 1971, is when the Supreme Court went off the rails on the Establishment Clause in a case called Lemon v. Kurtzman. Now, you and I would know there were times in the late 60s when we were getting very liberal decisions on it. Lemon was the attempt of the court to put together a grand unified theory of the Establishment Clause and one that was very hostile to historical expressions of faith. And this current Supreme Court majority ripped that out by the roots today in in a case that is epic and historic. So we're seeing
0: two cases here in the time span span of just a few days that – Really upset in the minds of the left a half century of their jurisprudence.
5: Uh, That's right. It's uh, it's what happened with the Establishment Clause today is every bit as broad in its scope and implications as to what happened in the protection of innocent life in Dobbs. So over
0: over these last 50 years, in these decisions, they have built one upon another. So it wasn't like one immediate case. So it was like this cascading effect yes. that brought us to this point where we've had such open hostility to religious freedom. But the court's decision in both Dobbs and Kennedy essentially wipes away that foundation, that faulty foundation that's been built over the last 50 years. Correct? It
5: really does. Absolutely. And in the common theme between those two cases and the one decided on the previous business day, being the Second Amendment case, right, right. is a majority on the Supreme Court that said, we are bound to follow the original public meaning of the Constitution and that where we have decided things wrongly in the past. To when, clean them up. Ab- absolutely. Now, stare decisis is always an issue when it comes to precedent. But they are saying that with these cases, they were so egregiously wrong and have caused such damage to the country.
0: That they must be overruled. Stare decisis, precedent, super precedent—I uh, think as Roberts had once said—but um, it still has to have a foundation. I mean, isn't that what Alito said? I mean, yes. that it's either got to be in the Constitution, rooted in history or tradition. That's right. Uh, and if none of that applies, it's but, open. It's it's open to be revisited. That's right. Stare decisis uh, holds that
5: once a matter has been decided, that usually, but not always, usually. It's more important for the stability in a country that's under the right. rule of law that when a big issue's been decided, it's more important that it be decided than it be decided correctly. Isn't that, a, isn't that
0: something made up by the left? That Once they got it in there, we made this up. Now we want everybody to believe it's true and it can't be touched and changed. Stare decisis has been around about 700 years with
5: I, English I know, common but, law, but, but to use it for this, yes, but to use it for social engineering. Has been an invention of the left, and that has been what the current Supreme Court has been undoing.
0: Okay, I, I, I've got to wade into politics here for just a moment because I, I said Some this shocked. earlier. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. I, earlier, I said this. <laughs> I, I don't think the left ever thought they would get there. They never envisioned this day. That's right. They drink their own Kool Aid. They think the majority of the well, American well, people. Well, are
2: with well, well, well.
0: Okay. They, they do to an extent, but they also know that the the, the, the Republicans really never deliver. You're nodding your head, I, I, I but but no. I mean, I've been around this for a while, yeah. and there's a lot of promises made, but few yes. of them kept. But, but, and and Biden, President Biden, was bemoaning this fact on Friday that three justices appointed by former President Donald Trump were the ones that tilted the court, and he's the first Republican running for president that put out a list of candidates to allow people to vet. And then we were able to give feedback based on that.
5: I was so proud for the service that I could give my country serving under President Trump. In May of 2018, when I was in Jerusalem, watching our, the U.S. Embassy being moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and having, and having Jerusalem recognized as the capital of Israel, I saw bold, promise-keeping leadership from President Trump on that day. The only, in the, in the, but something even bigger than that was the promise he made regarding the Supreme Court justices that he
0: would appoint. And that is what we are seeing the result of this past week. But that wouldn't have happened had conservative, Christian, evangelical, Catholic voters voted with a focus on the life issue and the Constitution. And despite the criticism of the media... And the, you know, the marginalization of the Republican establishment, had they not stay, stayed focused on this over the last 40 years, we wouldn't be here. That, that, that's right. Uh, the, the church has shown its faithfulness here, that
5: those who have walked with the Lord and put their trust in him and have endured, and at times have endured scorn, have endured
0: shame, and the Lord has blessed that faith. But they would say, the critics say well, they sold out to the Republican Party. Not so. Because we held the Republican Party to account. That's right. We've we've modified and changed the party platform. Yes. We fought back George W. Bush, who tried to to water down the party platform, Romney, who tried to water it down, the late John McCain, who tried to water it down, and we also opposed uh, George W. Bush when he put forth Harriet Myers. And had we not done that, we wouldn't have gotten Samuel Alito, who was the replacement for Myers. And had we not opposed
5: even the idea of Alberto Gonzalez, we would have had right. him as well. So uh, you're, you're absolutely
0: right. No, well, so I just true. wanted to put that. We, we, this wasn't an accident. This was something that that, that came about. The Lord blessed the yes. efforts yes. of those who have been faithfully engaged in this process for years. So I just wanted I wanted to get that out there. So people need to know. Your participation matters. Being involved in the yes. process matters. So now that we have this foundation that goes back to the Constitution, we've removed the rubble and all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the styrofoam facade that the left has put around the Constitution. We need to use this Constitution and exercise these First Amendment rights of religious freedom. That's absolutely right.
5: The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Now that we are seeing courts boldly upholding the original meaning of those rights, which are powerful rights, which are robust rights, which were designed to safeguard and ensure personal liberty, family rights, now that we have a court that is actually being faithful to uphold the full extent of what the framers in divine providence provided to us, we need to step up. And, uh, and and engage.
0: Okay, give, give us some practical applications of how this case today with Coach Kennedy would change American life as it pertains to Christians who have been kind of pushed out of the public square or told to hide their faith.
5: Well, in really this case. Uh, it was interpretation of no fewer than 3 provisions in the first amendment which is stunning almost, uh, almost every case is just one constitutional issue so
0: this was, there were 3 where of them the, the court has historically been going narrow yes in the in the last i would say almost decade this was Four, very more. this was
5: very broad uh, this was extraordinarily broad in, in fact this might be i cannot think of a single case in In all of u s history and i 've been part of plenty of these cases and i 've studied how to you 're walking them. encyclopedia
0: I, know I, I cannot
5: have. think of a single religious liberty case that is actually broader than this one and and i 'm not exaggerating here it is It is that extraordinary so it, would this apply to Christmas decorations at a courthouse. It it certainly would, because in 1989 in County of Allegheny versus ACLU, uh, the Supreme Court said invoking the lemon test, a version of it called the endorsement test that said that because a reasonable observer could look at this display in the courthouse and think that government was endorsing religion, that that's why it violates the establishment clause and it can't be there. The Supreme Court today made clear That the Lemon Test, including its offshoot, the endorsement tests, have now been jettisoned out the window that the Establishment Clause is to be interpreted only in accordance with its historical understanding. Meaning, if you could have a nativity display in a courthouse in 1791,
0: then you can Mm -hmm. have
5: a nativity display today. So that would be,
0: you could have the 10... Commandments in a public school classroom.
5: That's exactly right. It was in Stone v. Graham in 1980 that the Supreme Court struck down Ten Commandments displays in schoolhouses under the Lemon Test, which part of that test was that, uh, that any government action that intersected religion or faith needed to have a primarily secular purpose. And they said there's not a secular purpose to have the Ten Commandments here. That, again, the Lemon Test, it's now gone. What about prayer at a public high school graduation? The public graduation, and this is where you get into a wrinkle. This is a maybe, because Justice Kennedy became the swing vote on that. That's 1992, Levy Weissman was graduation ceremonies, and then the Santa Fe case in 2000 on Friday night football games. Sound familiar? Yeah. Where, Where the Supreme Court said that by a five to four vote only, that invented a variation of Lemon called the coercion test, where they said children are not like adults. And people in high schools, in in any public schools, many of them are children. They could feel coerced if the adults around them are instructing them to do something. So that gets into a wishy-washy land. The question would become, was that really decided under Lemon? And if so, that too has been opened back up. Or was it into this separate what's called a coercion test? But still... Not coercion as it was historically understood. So I would say that even under today's decision, that's not clear one way or the other, but that is active and in play.
0: But I would wonder if the left would want to stop it fearful of another legal challenge that could make it to the court on a school prayer case and have this court decide it outright. Well, and I'll tell you, any school, like any conservative school system out there
5: that's working with good legal counsel, and I know some good lawyers, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, 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 chose, that chose to take the risk, and, and, and it's, it's not a lawless risk. It's the risk of saying, we have heard the Supreme Court, we're going to take it at its word. And who wants to pursue that? I think that under the Kennedy decision today— that uh, that 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 schools would have, it would be a fight, but I would think that they hold the high ground in the fight. You
0: know, Ken Kalkowski, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but my, I mean, you're the legal expert, but my take on this based upon being in this arena and fighting religious liberty and having authored the uh, school prayer law in my state, having actually have one of the abortion clinic regulation acts overturned by the courts that I authored. Um, th- this is these two cases and you can throw in one or two others from this term i would think this this has preserved a generation here in america i mean this is this is quite significant the the church is called upon to be salt and light
5: and when they drive the followers of jesus from the public square that's what takes out the light and it prevents the salt from being in there to preserve uh, by, by reopening the doors for faithful Christians to reengage in the public square here, I, I, I think this could be used of God to be a tremendous blessing to the American people in our society.
0: Well said. King Kulkowski, uh, always great to see you. Thanks so much for coming in Thank the studio you, and joining me today. It's always great to be with you. God That's bless. Right. And, 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 and I do know a good attorney, folks, if you need one. Um, this is quite big. It's quite significant, and I do want to encourage, as Ken was saying, the door has been opened from one of the most unlikely places, from the Supreme Court of the United States. But they've returned to the Constitution a document that our founders, I believe, inspired by God gave us. And now it's our opportunity to rush in, live out our faith in such a way that we impact the world around us. Yes, there's going to be opposition. Yes, there's going to be conflict. But you know what? Anything worth having is worth fighting for. Our founders fought for this country. Men and women throughout the course of the the history of this nation have fought for our freedoms. We can stand for those freedoms. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com, as well as a lot of information out of these uh, decisions at The Washington Stand, WashingtonStand.com. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, When you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.
5: 372-7234. That's one 372 7234